Uh, welcome back, Roasties, to the podcast. Today's guest is Cronulla Shark, uh, played for the Samoan international team, as well as the USA Hawks winger, Ronaldo Molotalo. Welcome, Ronnie. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. It's, um, it's nice to, to get around and obviously put a face to it all, so it's good. Yeah, mate, no, I appreciate you, appreciate you jumping on. Um, I know, you know, times, times are busy, you've got uh, training and stuff like that, and uh, sometimes yeah. things things run over time and everything, but I really appreciate you giving up your time to to jump on, mate. First off the sure. bat, um, you've gone the last two years sort of through the COVID, uh, COVID bubble life. Um, how was your Christmas, New Year break? Did you get, did you get to catch up with some family? Yeah, no, it was good. Um, I had mum and that all down from Brizzy. Um, so we had a pretty big Christmas, all of us. Um, and yeah, we just kind of chilled out, had beers. You know what it's like, mate. Chris is um, probably the biggest time of the year for everyone and their families. And um, it was just really nice to, to have them around and um, have mum babying me around and letting me get away with murder around the house. So it was good. It was good. And um, right. it was so refreshed. It's always good uh, getting mum around. You always eat too much, drink too much. Yeah, yeah, 100%. She was cooking breakfast, lunch, dinner, so I wasn't complaining. Usually I'm doing it, so uh, I, was, I was happy with that. What, uh, like Samoan heritage, what, what sort of food yeah. do you get around Christmas time? Oh, we get all the um, Polynesian food. Mum loves to cook up a cook up a storm at auntie and that family members come over. So uh, taro, um, chop suey, all the, all the good stuff, bro, like... Um, Luau for all the Islanders that are probably listening. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a dangerous time for for the for the Islander boys during this time. So I know a couple of the boys went into Chrissy um, trying to watch out for what they were eating, and I'm one of the lucky ones that can kind of get away with it. So that's what I, that's what I was up to. I know um, I was listening to a few podcasts that you've been on, and uh, a couple of years ago you're sort of I'm well, not struggling to get get on weight, but you do you do struggle to put on weight. Yeah, very like no, I'm. I don't know. It's kind of a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. Um, you know, when you're 96 kilos trying to go up against dudes that are 115, 120, it kind of takes an impact, you know what I mean, towards the, towards the end of the year. And um, But like, no, like I said, you know, the, the game is moving in a different direction now, so um, it's a lot faster and um, you know, it brings the little guys and the, and the skinny guys um, into, into the game. So um, that's kind of good for me in that favour, but um, I still want to put in some beef and I still struggle. So I'm sure plenty of the boys out there know what it's like. Um, you know, it's it's good and bad at the same time. Mate, I just saw a video of uh, Titans winger Greg Greg Marzu. And, mate, he's <laughs> in the gym and he, he looks like he's about 120 kilos. Like, he is massive. I would hate you to get up against like, him. You get wingers like him and bloody Ken Malmalo and oh. here I am. They're probably like, you know what I mean? They're all, they're all the muscles attached to them and all the, the big meat. And I'm just looking at them, admiring them on the field. Like, oh, man, that would be nice. Wish I could have some of that. Yeah. Um, listen, last couple of years, like I said, with the bubble um, and this talk of, you know, uh, there's tighter restrictions at the moment as well as, you know, yep. potentially going to another bubble. What do you, you know, how, how did you go through the, the last couple of years of the bubble life? And, and what are your thoughts on, you know, if you have to go back into it? Yeah, no, no look, everyone's got their own battles with it. Um, no, I'm, I don't want to speak um, on behalf of the whole uh, group as a collective or, you know, NRL, this is probably just my opinion and what I believe in. Um, it's been tough in certain areas, you know what I mean? You want to be able to um, have a weekend where you can go drink with your friends and that and go sit at a pub and enjoy each other's company or go out to dinner with the missus and you know, go out and have a drink with her as well. And you know, we that's been taken away from us. Um, you know, and just that you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that need people around me, need to go, go out and see people. And you know, I love being around people. So I, I struggled very well 
real bad with that. Um, you know, you see your footy mates every day, and you kind of get sick of it. You know, it's the same. It's like your workmates, but you obviously, see some different people. Yeah, exactly. I want to see some friends that don't want to talk about footy or you know, all that jazz, and um, no, it kind of plays on your mental health because you know when you're thinking about footy all the time, um, I just feel like you know it kind of takes a toll on you and. And it's just, you know, you go home, you see it on TV, um, you, know, you go to training, you see it, you know, everywhere. And, um, you know, that, that sense of it kind of impacted me uh, and not being able to see my family, my mum and that, you know, they like to come down and I like to go up. Um, you know, I know during that uh, whole incident with um, Queensland and that, that when I went up to Brisbane, we played Broncos, I think. And even after the game, you know, a nice, a nice big hug from mum and, and all my family would have been nice after that that time and I didn't get to do that as well and that no, that kind of hurt me as well and um, the NRL were like oh mate if you go home uh, for mental health reasons then it's kind of like you got to stay at you got to isolate for another two weeks I was like oh, what good's that going to do to me I might as well just cop it now and just stay off the team and um, so I did that and you know some other boys are struggling in other ways and uh, the rules now that have been put on us no, it's still a bit frustrating. You know, we you know we got double vax to obviously you know play our part in the community, um, and it's just you know we're, we're coming down with restrictions again, and you know it, it is a bit frustrating for us as a, as a group and um, me as a player. That's um that's a tough sort of restriction to go. You know, if you do leave the the bubble, that you're going to have to isolate again for another two weeks. It's it, you're almost like you're giving up. You know, almost three weeks of football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 and it's you no, know, it's not good for your body as well, mate. Like you, you're isolating. Your body's not moving. You can't, you know, what I mean, like go to the park. But that's not the same thing as being a professional and you know, yeah. taking you to that level. Having that, having a bike in the room or jumping on a treadmill is different to you know road running yeah. or, or running around with the the guys at training doing drills. You know, exactly. different things. Yeah, so. yeah. You're like a, a week in footy, mate. Is is a long time. Um, yeah. even a couple of days in in footy. The footy world is a long time, and you know, I'm sure you've been around it long enough to understand that. Um, you know, for people that don't, it's it's a very long time, and um, it's just yeah, you know, it puts yourself at danger, and um, you know, you're coming out with um, your body breaking down. That we need our bodies to you know to be able to go out and and um, you know, put food on the table. Especially like you're you're only I think like 40 games in or something. It started last yeah. year. You might have only been you know 20 odd games. Yeah. You, you take a couple of weeks off, you could lose your spot. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. So massive, massive thing on the mental, your mental state. Yeah, mate. Um, look, we get, we're going to get into into this season, but obviously, just want to touch yeah. on a few big things. You obviously, um, uh, a few big talking points from from last year. One of the major ones, yeah. one of the biggest controversies, really, of of twenty twenty two. Your selection for uh, of the Queensland and then subsequent ban from playing. What was going through your head when it all happened? Um, no, I've probably spoken about this a fair bit as well. Um, I get this question asked every yeah. time I go out. Honestly, you know, I, but... I asked the fans, and it was like, mate, yeah, just list lists of like what was going through. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, thoughts on yeah, it. So yeah. had to had to touch on 100%. it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, and like uh, for me, it was no, no. I watched Kiwis when I was younger, no, to a point. Uh, but when I was coming through the system, no, I always watched Origin. Everyone watches Origin. You know, you could be on the other side of the world and you watch Origin, and. Now, when I was kind of coming through the system, I, I loved Kiwis going through their whole system, and I never got picked for any of the teams. So until I moved to Queensland, um, and started making 16s, 18s, and all all that um, stuff there. And as I kind of went on, you know, I mean, you build the stream, right? And you just it's like you want to be an NRL player, and you build the stream, build the stream through all those years. You go through every emotional uh, roller coaster of it all, and 
Um, you learn at a young age you know, what it's like to be a Queenslander, what it's like to represent it, you know, what it means to the state um, and all the people of Queensland. And you, know, you go through, you know, I did my shoulders uh, playing for Queensland. Um, you know, you're bled, you've, you've done the all, you've teared for you know, Queensland. And um, you know, when you get to that point where it's finally there at the front door for you and you know, it's your time to actually go out and represent it at the highest stage and, and the pinnacle of the game, and it gets taken away from you, you know, I think it's easy to be someone else and sit there and go, oh, get over it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know I mean? Like, you know, put yourself in, in my shoes or put yourself in your kid's shoes um, and they've been chasing this dream for a while and then it gets taken away from them, you know what I mean? I think people, that's easy for them to judge. And you know, fair enough, everyone's got their own opinion. Um, and the way it all come out, you know, was the, the problem with me, they painted it to, for me to be a liar and, and try and cheat the system when it didn't work like that. You know what I mean? Um, and I was, you know, I spoke to, you know, all, all the officials that I had to, and you know, I, like I get the decision they came up with, um, but I feel like I paid the ultimate price for it all. Um, and you know, like I, I like to keep my nose clean and I you know, get through, um, you know, all the media. I don't, I'm not big, not big fan of it unless it's a positive thing. Um, and I guess, you know, from this kind of experience, you know, I'm ho- I hope you know, this experience is, it caused the NRL to go through all the paperwork of all these juniors coming through from New Zealand, blah, 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 um, or wherever they're coming from, and and just make sure that, you know, something like this doesn't happen to them because um, no, I'm pretty lucky that I feel like I'm mentally strong. Um, I, th- I feel like if it was anyone else or someone else that you know, wasn't in that right com- mind capacity or didn't have the support that I did, um, I think that's that could have been really dangerous for the person. Um, and just, yeah, you know, the mental health side of it all comes as a big factor. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, it's fully made and they came up with the decision and uh, it was something that I wasn't real happy with. But um, no, that's life, mate. We've got to move on at some point of it. Um, and I was, it was good that I got to sit down and have a bit of a yarn about it all um, through our interviews. And you know, yeah, like I said, mate, like at the time it hurt. Um, and now I'm just trying to get over it and move on with my life. Sorry, sorry to bring it up. If you, you know, you nah, nah. Over, but it's good, good to chat about it. And, and like you said, you know, um, you're on the front door. You were literally on the front door. It was the day of, you know, that you were meant, meant to play. And I've, um, you know, a huge fan of New, New South Wales, Queensland, state of origin. Yeah. Um, I'm a New South Wales Welshman. Um, uh, but I've never seen fans come together so much over, you know, something like this. Like, um, both New South. There were fans of New South Wales saying that you shouldn't play, but I've seen, yeah. you know, a momental amount of support for um you to play. You know, it was just. You, you you played the 18s, you played the 20s, you know, yeah. all that growing up. And, and I've, like I said, never seen it come together. Did you see some of that support? Though? There were some negatives and you probably yeah. did see more of the negative than the positive, but did you see some of that uh, from the fans? Yeah, did. Yeah, no, I, yeah, sorry about that. I probably highlighted the bad too much. Um, no, no, that's fine, no. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, like not, that's that wasn't the majority of it. And I saw all the love. And like you said, mate, that's probably the first time I've seen Queenslanders and New South Wales agree on something and um, so many of them and you know, like I, I for for all it was I, you know, I was 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 a real um, probably something that I really really took out of that as well was that you know the the people that still cared about um, myself and uh, the people that just wanted to check out on my mental health and and just making sure that I was alright before the footy um, and all the love and the support that I got during that time was unreal um, and. Like I don't want to let the bad overshadow the good um, in that sense of it, but you know I mean, like I, I look back at it now and I just think far out. Like you know, so much of that happened so quickly, and 
and it was just good to have the rugby league community i guess um you know just come together and and, and show their support for me and you know, that that really meant a lot to me and um you know, hopefully one day i can repay those all those lovely people um you know, just in whatever i do community work or whatever it is, um, inspiring their kids as well. And um, if I can repay them in that way, then you know, I'll, I'll absolutely be happy with that. But I did see the the pouring love and support and uh, to all those fans that sent you know, awesome messages and left comments on my on my posts and stuff like that. I definitely saw it and I uh, appreciate it. That's awesome. Um, we are going to touch on your community work in a second. Yeah. And I hate to dwell on the bad points, but uh, another yeah. real down point of, of last year was you ended your season with a fractured jaw. Uh, the scenes yeah. of you at the end of um, end of the game doing a lap of honour in Rockhampton, I think it was, uh, yeah. was heartbreaking. How how tough was it those last couple of games? You're on the sidelines, knowing you've worked all year to be competing for a mm-hmm. final spot, yet you couldn't be out there helping the boys. Yeah, yeah, it was frustrating because you know that that time of the year, you know, everyone's got their fingers crossed that nothing bad happens to you, and you, know, you can help your team try and um, get into to those spots, um, the top eight. And you know, for me, it was. I was disappointing. Um, I think there and then I knew basically my season was over. Um, and I think like, for me, I, I'm big on let me finish my own shit. You know what I mean? Like I I hang my hat on that, on, on me finishing something, um, especially when it comes to games and teammates and that. Um, I, could, you know, I could be half dead and I just want to be with my mates. Yeah. And that's when I feel happy, you know what I mean? And we're still in that kind of bubble kind of thing. So I, you know, I was... That's who I wanted to be around. I wanted to be around my brothers. I wanted to be around the coaching staff. I wanted to all feel it together. Um, and, you know, I wanted the boys to know that whatever happened to me doesn't matter. It's the team that, that matters at, at that point. And us winning the game was more important than what I felt like I was going through. Um, you know, and also that, it was, you know, we had awesome amount of support um, from those Rocky, uh, the Rocky crew there. Um, and you know, all of the, the turnout was awesome. So, and for them, a small community, and you know, to be able to have a footy game there, and and us as players getting getting the chance to go play there and in front of them was was awesome as well. So I tried not to make it about myself, but my teammates and and us as a collective. I loved it at the um end of the game, like you you off with a broken jaw, fractured jaw. You could have just walked back into the sheds, but you you did that lap of honor. You handed out your boots um, to a young fan, and you know I see that, and we go. That's going to make that fan's life, you know. That they'll yeah. grow up loving rugby league for the rest of their life now. So, uh, appreciate you, you know, even take that time out when you're in a bad spot yourself, but still put a put a smile on someone's face. Yeah. Um, and despite all those setbacks in in 21, you continue your help in the community, uh, raise awareness for charity product projects that you're um, passionate about. Uh, being recognised with the Ken Stephen Medal, how special is your community work for you? Yeah, I don't like. Um... No, I'm not a big person on the recognition bit of it. Uh, my teammates know that as well. And those ones that are close to me know that no, I don't do this for that. Um, this is far more important than, than a, a medal. Don't get me wrong. No, I'm very grateful for the medal. Um, I'm very happy and privileged to, to be able to receive such a prestigious award. Um, but for me, it's, you know, I said to all my charity workers, I work um, in all the organisations that I um, I was with the week before. I said, "This is for you guys, not for me. This is for us as a, as a team, as an organisation." Um, you know, I work with Stepping Stone House, obviously, um, and I, you know, I, I spoke to all the kids there, and, and I said, "Look, this medal that's coming up. If I get it, this is for you guys. This is so that we can you know, push our image and push our organisation to be able to um, 
be taken to the highest level we can to promote it, to get all the funding that we need to take these kids off the off the road and off the streets. So um, no, that was that was the highlight of it all. Um, no, receiving that prestigious award and um, no, for for me it was no, it was a real it was a real award for for all the you know, all the stuff that kind of happened in the year and um, you know, it just felt like it was a it was a testament of myself just pushing through it all and, and making sure that I did not forget what I came to do in footy and that was to you know, represent all the kids and all the parents that are doing the tough out there and um, you know, just inspiring young young kids as well that didn't know my story to finally read up on my story and you know, how far I've come as well and um, you know, that's a great thing about rugby league it doesn't dis- discriminate you know what I mean um, yeah you need to do is have have a bit of a ticker and and, and hard work and um anything's possible and, and just being able to chase something so you now i was i was very lucky to receive it and um you know i sit back now and i'm happy the club gets to receive it as well i saw it as a whole club thing you know, all the staff there that were awesome they helped me push my message out all my playing group um they, they really the, got behind you too your playing group like that, when you had that was it five for five and and yeah yeah good five um get five you know they no, they're the first ones. And I sat, stood in front of them as a group. Um, as a young man, you know, I'm 20 years old, standing in front of Wade Graham and Sean Johnson and that, presenting this, you know, this fundraiser thing. And I was shitting myself, but I knew that, you know, these kids are waiting for the help that they need. And one way to do it is knock the fucking front door down with all these big names. And, and you know, our CEO, um, Dino, no, he's been awesome, mate. He's he's even gone into the houses. He's gone as far as going into the houses, organizing events for them, um, organizing them to come to games and stuff like that, and and watch the boys play and and myself. And you know that's that kind of thing. There is is what you know kind of gets me going and and um it keeps that keeps the heart beating. That's unreal. That um yeah, everyone from from the front desk down to the players are are all in support and helping you that much. Um. You said you 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 jumped in front of the um, you know some of the leaders of the the club and and by doing that you sort of become a leader for you, as yourself. Who what would you say to some young guys coming through um, if they you know to try and encourage them to get involved in community work? Yeah, I think it's important. Um, I think in this lifestyle you get lost in it all. You know, what I mean, you you see money that you've never seen before. You see new mates. You see new family members. Um, you know, you see you know probably stuff that you're not used to and you get to live a lifestyle that you know ultimately won't be there forever and i hope i hope, hope it does but realistically it doesn't happen that way in this world and um i think it's one way to keep yourself grounded and just realize that you know, what we're living in right now is um obviously it's a great reward for all our hard work but also you know how lucky we should be as well and very privileged um to be living this life and you know, be able to do the things that we want to do and um, now when you're helping a kid, you know, I sat uh, when I went into Christmas at Steppingstone House, for example, you know, I sell some of these kids and um, they're talking about saving $100, $200. Um, and in the kind of adult world, like, we may not see it as much, but to them, that was, you know what I mean? That was their ultimate goal. And for them to save that up, you know, to buy something, you know, for themselves was, you know, I kind of look back now and I'm like, think, fuck, you know, I, you know, I should be grateful for the money I get to spend on allowance or, whatever whatever i want but uh, i think it's for the young kids young young youth that are coming through our game it you know it really gets your heart going when you're um i think you get something out of it more than yeah than the kids um and i think that's important so 
I encourage everyone to get out there and just find an organization. Like it doesn't have to be 30. It doesn't have to be, you know, 20. It can be one and you just yeah. run off it your whole career. And um, I'm starting off with it and uh, hopefully, you know, God willing, I get to the end of it and I'm, and I'm still happy representing this organization. And uh, I've got a couple more under my belts. Hopefully I can get to the stage of um, having my own organization. Um, and that's where I ultimately want to be by the time I'm done. That'd be awesome. Um, it, one of the questions from the fans was, was it hard, because uh, you've been doing this for so long since you've sort of, yep. even before you, you, you debuted, was it hard balancing life, footy and the community work? Yeah, it is. Sometimes, you know, you get, you know, I spoke to my uh, mental mental health coach um, who's training me at the moment, his name's Simon, um, about, you know, being pulled in every direction, right, and you know, being able to balance that um, and footy, you know, I mean, we still got to go out there and perform. Um, that's, you know, for me, I think making sure now, like going into this year, that's the main focus. Um, you know, although that's there, it's you know, without footy, I'm doing them a service by you know, being able to go out there and you know, score the tries I need to score, or you know, you know, be the be the kind of player I need to be for the team. Um, ultimately, that helps me promote whatever I need to promote, um, and just getting that balance right between that. It is hard, you know. I mean, you you, know, you have a fair few events going on during the week, um, and sometimes I've shot from one charity to another charity to another charity, just all, you know, in the span of four or five hours and um, as well as making sure our community is, as well as good. Um, so that, that, that does get pretty busy, but when you love it, it doesn't become a hard thing or it doesn't become a chore. It becomes something that, you know, when you enjoy doing and, and um, no, I love doing the community work with, with sharks as well. So it's, um, it, it gets hard, but um, to me, I love it. Like you said, um, you know, those things away from 40, you build, building friendships in in those organizations as well that you're gonna probably have for for the rest of your life so um a little, little bit of a little bit of footy talk uh, on 2022 uh, sorry on 2020 uh, uh, on a podcast with uh chatty townsend you yep. set two you set two goals to improve in 2021 which was your involvement and your defense do you think you achieved those in in 2021 um no i reckon involvement no i, try, I still try and work on that i think that's i think that's something that I will never arrive at. Um, no, I always want to just keep chasing that, and you know, whatever capacity I am, I'm in. You know, I want to be able to, I could not never be satisfied with the kind of thing yeah. if I say that. And um, the defense, I definitely feel like I've taken a leap. Um, last year, you know, I tried to um, sort my shit out there, and I know not everyone was was happy with it. So, you know, I try to take it to a new level. Whether I achieve that or not, um, you know, we didn't make top eight, and ultimately. That doesn't mean shit when you don't make finals footy yeah. or play finals footy. So, you know, to me, this year is going. You no, know, we we set goals this year, and it's you no know, obviously us as a defensive club. We're pretty fucking poor the last couple of years, and um, you know, that's no shot at anyone. It's just you no, know, that's just what what it was. And I think with this year coming in, um, I've really worked on my my defense and being able to um, change my mentalities, my mentality, and and my priorities in my game. So. Um, I think in the last couple of years, I kind of focused more on you know, scoring the tries or all that, all that shit. But I think it, you know, I think it's time to put that aside for now. And you know, with good defense flows, good bit of offense. So hopefully, I can, um, you know, first secure a spot in the team and then uh, be able to showcase my um, my defense this year. So, um, always good that you know setting that as involvement as an ongoing thing. It's like you can't, you can never reach it. You're always chasing it. It's a, it's yeah. a good mindset to have. Um, preseason so far in in 2022, how's it been? No, it's been good. Um, I think Fitzy's 
brought a massive um, culture change to us uh, in a good way. You know, this is, you know, you still kept that hard, uh, hard nut, you know, Cronulla Sharks um, mentality about him, about kicking in corners and, and just, you know, being able to suffocate teams. And um, you know, that's one thing that Pitsy's really drilled into us. But, you know, the thing that uh, has been awesome so far is, uh, Fitzy's been trying to teach us to, to prepare purpose and all those things um, and just be able to be full-time professionals and not just when we want, um, which has been good for us. Um, but yeah, like, you know, preseason is one of those things. I think everyone, everyone's head noise gets a bit loud and we start dancing with the devil a fair bit during this, this time. And um, you know, I definitely had some days here where I'm bloody almost going to try and look on seek for a new job just to see <laughs> if, I can, if I can get something else same, around the same money. But um. Nah, like it's it's you know, it is what it is. It's preseason, mate. But you know, if every you know, it makes it easy when you come in and the staff are upbeat. You know, yeah. our coaches are upbeat. Um, you know, we've got players that are upbeat as well. And you know, it's not like we don't want to be there. I want to work for Fitzy, and so does every other player. And I want to work for our coaching staff or the guy next to me because um, you know, we're all chasing the same thing—a bloody ring together and and success. So um, yeah, like it's you know, so far it's been good, and um, it is what it is, I guess. A lot of big names, big characters um, have have left the club in uh, from last year, but also a lot of new faces and some big names. You got uh, Cam McInnes, uh, Dale Finucane, Nico Hines, just to name a name a few. Who's had the, the bigger impact at, at training so far? Um, it's hard because they're all you know, the ultimate competitors and ultimate professionals. Um, so honestly, like every recruit, you know, even Lockie Miller, every single one of them that have come in have just been outstanding and. Um, all kind of changed the club in a different way in their own way. Um, you know, Nico's really taken that role of um, you know, leading leading us outside backs and shapes and all that. And, and then you got Cam and Dale from Nukin who you know, they don't need no introduction on what they bring to the table. Um, and they've you know, they've made 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 it quite clear that um, they're going to be the two enforcers for our team in the middle there. So you know, I think you know, going forward, you know, it's nice to have those hard gritty guys that. You know, I really love that dirty work and um, sometimes I'm bloody battling them to see who's going to take a yardage carry, you know what I mean? Like they're sometimes beating us at the back of the ball and getting behind the ball before we do to, to take a yardage carry. So um, you know, it's nice to have that, you know, those heads and those those guys that just love that stuff, you know what I mean? The, all, the, all the yuck shit um, and footy and uh, like you know, like I said, you know, they bring that toughness now to our team that I think we've been missing since Louis Galza and that have all been gone. Um, and I think it's we're moving in the right direction now. It's just putting the pieces together. Cam seems like he's a he's a quiet quiet guy, but uh, at training, does he does he get loud? He's a bloody nutcase. <laughs> if you've ever been, he's a bloody crazy dude. Like um, he's just military type. It's it's unbelievable, I guess. And you know, for for us young guys, you know. When you got that guy as an example of what it looks like, and you, you know I mean, I think I know why Fitzy and that have you know done everything they can to get him and Dale in because I think our our forwards, obviously a young group, you know, look up look up to them and and see what they're doing and know that that's what it takes to you know take yourself to that next level. And um, you know, those are the two dudes we're always chasing, um, and they always had awesome success over Melbourne and you know, hoping to bring it back here and and do the same thing for our club and. Um, in our own way, we want to be our own identity, obviously. And uh, if we can manage to, like I said, piece it together, then um, I'm sure we'll be flying. Does uh, Cam get the tooth out? Like when he wants to yeah, you know, start yeah, ripping you, yeah, he gets right. the tooth out and starts going at you? He's, um, 
<laughs> we're doing that mouth guards today, and uh, I said to the the mouth guard guy, "When Cam went up to go get his mouth guard, so oh, it's too late for Cam, mate. Just give him the tap on the shoulder, and then about to right. He's got this big ass gap in the uh, middle. It's like bloody hell, he's got a whole missing ass tooth in the middle, and likes to pull it in and out um, for wrestling and stuff like that. But I don't want to get on the, on his wrong side, so I try and make sure all my cheeks, no, a bit leveled, not too bad, not leveled, because I don't want to ripping my head off. But um, yeah, no, nah, he's he's awesome. He's funny actually. That's weird seeing him like weird TNs and stuff around the around the sheds and that. He's got a bit of a character um, about him. For you know, not many people know him. So, well, he's, he's not good. he's not on social media and he doesn't do like I haven't seen that many interviews apart from the odd post game one. So yeah, we we don't sort of get to you know this day and age with social media. So you know, every, almost everyone's on there. We get to know a few of the players on a personal level where. Cam's not on there. We, we don't see it apart from, like I said, the, the post-game yeah. one where when he smiles and he shows that tooth, I get a thousand people in the DMs going, you can you can take the boy out of South Sydney, but not the... Uh, sorry, yeah. the South Sydney out of the boy. So... No, it's funny as... It's when we see you, man. It's just like, well, have a bit of a laugh about it. But, mate, like, you don't want to get on his rock side. He's, he's, he's one of those guys that rip your head off in training. He's 100 miles an hour in training. Like, yeah. and, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't take a backward step and... Like no one, no one, no one tells them all. Like stop going hard out. Like, no, we we just get with it. Like that's just yep. we want to be as a team. Like, no, if he's challenging you, you to be better, then be better. Um, and he's one of the guys that changes the tempo of the training session as well. You know what I mean? You'll come out and smoke someone outside back, and then then it's all on. You know what I mean? All bits yep. are off. We're all going for it. So watch out. He brings that intensity. Yeah, exactly. So he brings that intensity to the training sessions, and um, he's just yeah, outstanding man, and even better footballer. Another question was from the fans was uh, Nico Hines' hair. Can you confirm it's always wet? It's always wet. I'm always pulling his hair like in wrestling and stuff. I like to give him a bit of a niggle. And you know, when he's walking past me, I'll just pull his hair. And just to, you know, for shits and gigs, so I'm, I'm sure some of the chicks are jealous I get to do that. And um, Nico's, Nico's uh, he's an awesome bloke as well. You know, if you get to meet him, he's, he's a very down-to-earth. And we were speaking about you know, the other day, and he's pretty – Big on community work as well. I'm sure yeah. you guys know, and he loves his uh, mental health, um, things like that. And um, that's good to have someone else at the club as well that that really gets into that space. And uh, hopefully we can get together and um, bring out a new project for everyone to uh, to jump aboard and and help out with. Can't wait to see it if you do. Yeah. Um, who's got the better hair, Toby Toby Rudolph or Nico Hines? Nah, Toby's got better hair. Nico's on shit. It looks like bloody. It's like little straws. I always just laugh at him and pull his hair like. And then two are pretty good. Like obviously they're two good characters, and yep. um, no, they they love a bit of a drink as well. So um, them two, they've been pretty good actually. They've been behaving themselves, which is good um, on the pitch. So it's, it's nice to have. You know, you got to have those guys in your team. Um, anyone that say you, you shouldn't be like that, no, that's that's not footy, mate. We're all realistic here, and you know, anyone who's been in a footy t- team knows that you got to have you know, one or two of those dudes around um, you know, just to keep the team balanced. Mate, go, go to any local footy side and you'll find about four or five of them in every every. Yeah. So. I'm sure there's more than two in every yeah. other side. Mate, um, new coach this year. Uh, you've, you've spoken about him, Craig Fitzgibbon, or as we like to call him here, Johnny Sins. Um, tell us Johnny what he's done. Uh, Johnny <laughs> Sins. <laughs> Maybe I won't. I probably won't say it to his face, but um, <laughs> mate, how's Fitzy? What's he? What's he been like? You know, uh, can you give us some inside info on what he what he's like at, at training? Yeah, no, he's awesome. Like he's. Fuck, you can tell why he's so respected in, in the um, in the Roosters system and, and how much 
respect they have for him and you know, how much respect he has for them as well. So I think it just gets down to the level of actually appreciating the player and, and the differences about all of us. And he understands that we're all not the same. Um, and he just doesn't treat us like we're at a job, you know what I mean? Like, yep. I think the last thing you want to do is be be somewhere and it feels like your job. Um, you know, that's that's not what you want. And every morning we, we rock up, you know, he's given us a little diary that we like to go into. And, um, you know, I'll, I can't explain too much of what goes there, and um, but you know, I mean, all the all the attitude things he tries to fix up with, you know, and he's picked us up so many days. Like when we rock up and we know we're going to get our asses handed to us, um, you know, those morning speeches make you want to work for him. Like I said, you know, what I mean, you want to fucking get in deep in the trench and you know, dance with the devil, as we say, and and really do it to, um, you know, obviously let Fitzy know that we'll, we want to work hard for him and and let our teammates know as well. And you know, he's just bringing a different culture this year and. Something that all of us boys are really enjoying. Um, you know, for people that don't know Fitzy as well, he's an easygoing bloke and just loves to uh, make sure his players are sweet. And he always says, like, you know, before anything, you're a better man and you're a better husband or you know, you know, partner to your, to your um, wives or girlfriends. So, um, you know, he's trying to instill that that in us. And I think that speaks, you know, enough of someone when they're, when they're thinking of that mentality. And you know, he's got our families in. Um, a couple of times to speak to them as well. And I think that's a massive thing of becoming a family club is uh, yeah. being able to include family, families and kids um, into you know, whatever we're doing and, and letting them know how we're moving or what we're doing as well. So it's good to have that that kind of person around the club. And um, I just can't wait to really um, get out and, and see what it's like uh, representing him and hopefully have a beer with him. One of those, like you spoke about earlier, the, the culture change, but... Um, it's one of those keys to the the culture of a club, isn't it? Like bringing everyone and their families together. Yeah, like well, I obviously haven't. No, um, this is no shot at anyone or my previous coaches. Um, that's just something that I haven't experienced. Yet. Obviously, COVID as well has been a bit of a mess. Been hard, but, yeah, yep. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to put it all on that. Um, but um, yeah, it's just nice to get that family feeling, and um, I guess when you meet partners and kids, um, you, know, you want to go out and represent your mate. And his family as well, so that's nice, mate. Uh, any has there been discussion? Because I've I've had a couple of questions about it. Um, discussion for you playing center this year? Yeah, yeah, I've I've done a um, fair bit of the preseason at center um, this year. Uh, probably can't kiss and tell too much, but yep. um, I've obviously grew up to be a center, and I played all my rep footy, all my junior footy as a center. Um, no, there's suddenly a space that I want to move into hopefully one day and. Um, right now, Connor's doing an awesome job for our, our team there, and um, I said to you know, Fitzy whether I'm on the wing uh, or center. Um, if we're winning games, mate, like uh, if there's one thing I can tell people is don't be that guy that says oh, I only play left side center. Or, yep. I said you got to be able to you know, play any position, whether it's wing, center, off the off the bench, uh, fullback. You know, I mean, you got to be that guy that's um, like versatility is just there, you know, for you and. Uh, I've never hung my hat on just being a one-dimensional player. Um, I've always said to myself that I'll, I'll, wherever I need to fill in the back line, I'll make sure I can um, and, and to the best of my ability. And um, no, I, th- I feel like I've had a pr- pretty good preseason at, at, um, as a centre and, and as a winger. Um, but no, for winning games and, and whoever's at centre, you know, first of all, we're a bloody secure spot before I can uh, make any plans. So if I can secure a spot and then obviously make my way through, um, then I'll be more than happy to, you know, to to stick around. And I've obviously spoke to Fitzy about it all and you know, he's been awesome for it. So, you know, 
first things first, first I guess, is just getting a security spot. You um, is it true you made your debut at wing, like you played wing and made your debut at wing, never played wing before? Never played wing before. It freaked me out because um, I played centre for cup for Jets. And then I was playing 20s as well. So I was bouncing in 20s and then into the cup as a centre. Um, and then obviously just chucked in as a, as a winger and carry, uh, trying to catch Anthony Milford's bloody inside torpies in front of a packed out Suncorp Stadium. Uh, it wasn't Good too luck. fun. Yeah, it's funny now because we we're actually speaking this other day. We're talking about because I've dropped so many of his balls and I have a laugh about it now. And um, when I was kind of trying to dig myself out of that fucking head noise. I we used to get the playing staff and all the the training um training group and that to talk shit to us while we, me and Will were trying to catch balls and we're like telling our kickers to put up their best torpies or floaters and and just getting the boys to just yell shit at us while we can try and catch these balls. And that's what we did for you know, the whole preseason one year to to make sure that next time that comes up, uh, we're prepared for it. Nice. Um World Cup this year, you've um yep. Represented Samoa, USA, yep. and you qualify, I think, for New Zealand. Um, yep. Do you know? Have you made sort of plans for World Cup, or you know, are you just gonna wait yeah. and see? Yeah, I, I, for me, it was more. You know, I spoke to Madge obviously after everything that happened, and we were, I was lucky enough to have him at a hotel up in Brisbane. Um, and I sat down, and had an honest conversation with him about it all, and he understood totally where I was coming from about it. Um, you know, my my way that. I went about it, and um, the good thing for me was I never burnt bridges with Madge when I was almost going to sign there. Um, and no, I was lucky I didn't because you know this time came up, and um, you know, I was able to have that deep conversation with him to a certain extent. And you know, this year, I think it's you know, all the good stuff will happen after I play some good footy. So you know, it comes down to me just being able to get through the rounds healthy and, and playing playing footy for Cronulla Sharks um, before I even make plans of of going to represent anyone. Yep. Um, it should be, a, should be a good year, whatever you decide to do. Um, some fan questions, mate, and then uh, yep. sort of just to finish off, uh, who was your, your favourite team growing up? Uh, Broncos were my favourite team when I was growing up. Um, I really enjoyed watching uh, Darren Lockyer get around the park and I just love them. Like they were always that, like you know, what I mean, nice, well-suited team. Um, wherever they rocked up, they were real, looking real slick. Their uniform was mad as well, and um, yeah, they were just like a fancy team. You know, Brisbane was a real appealing as well, and I just loved you know watching, like I said, Dan Lockyer um, and all those players get get around Sam Thaday. Um, you know, They've always been one of the big clubs. Yeah, like. it's exactly, and I just love their class about them. You know, that's what probably appealed to me more was the class about uh, them as as players and obviously as a, as a club collective. It's funny that, like, you know, um, what they do on and off the field is appealing to, to fans, so, you know, on what team <laughs> they're going to pick and support. Um, yeah. I was going to ask your favourite player, but that's obviously Darren Lockyer. Um, yeah, Darren Lockyer. Who's, who's your hardest player that, that you've had to tackle in the NRL? Uh, it's pretty funny because wingers don't... I've, I've gone through games where I've make a tackle, so... All the all the fours and they're probably looking at me, telling me shut up. Um, but I uh, probably Roger, hey, Roger Tuivasa was like, I remember one time this funny story with we're wrestling Warriors at Shark Park, and um, and I was coming out and I knew he was gonna run it, and I was confident in myself. I was like, sure, I got this dude. Like, and then I'd come out screaming, I've got Roger, I've got Roger, and he just stepped me lightning quick, just went bang, gone. Like he's really gone. He goes, 
you didn't got me and just laughed at me, like oh. just laughing at me while he stepped me and just ran past. He's like, you didn't have me and and kind of like gave me that look. And I was just like, fuck, like I'm pretty embarrassed. And this is like, everyone could hear me too. So I'll go, Roger, I'll go, Roger, and just got cranked. And he's giving me the looks, just laughing at me, running. He's getting tackled and just laughing at me. I was like, fuck, like that's that's probably one of the hardest things. And every time we'll rest him, like you just can't touch him. Like he's one of those guys you got to have a solid line on. You can't go out by yourself or else. Um, you know what happens, the rest is history. Mate, I, I don't think uh, you were the first and you definitely won't be the last that he's done that to. Nah, that, that's what makes me happy. Other people have been great worse than me, so I'm grateful I got the little one. It's almost like a badge of honour. I got stepped by uh, RTS. Yeah, well, hopefully I get to go tell my kids when he's playing All Blacks. One day. Yeah, that guy stepped me. Yeah. So. I come up against that guy. He beat me, yeah. I come up against him. Um, <laughs> mate, you, fa- you got a favourite try or a favourite, even a favourite game or try? Well, I, no, there's one photo I kind of keep um, when Shark Park, I think it was Gaza's last game and all the crowd were there and I was just doing a bit of carry-on in front of them and um, just to see how much it means to them in that photo and um, how much it means to me is, is something that I love. I always go back and refer to it and um, go look at it and I can't wait to get back to Shark Park um, and I always see the crowd there again. Uh, round two against Eels should be a good one. Could be a big, big crowd. Mate, uh, yeah. time to uh, dob in a few teammates. Who's the uh, who's the biggest pest? Biggest pest, um, probably Royce Hunt. Royce Hunt's a bit of a, a bit of an annoying bastard. He gets around. We've had a bit of um, locker room wars, uh, little pranks on each other. One time, he um, he took the bloody tire off my car and left it on Jack. And I was like, "You bastard!" So I come out after a hard day. And I looked at my car. I couldn't even get angry. I just started laughing. My tire was missing from my car and it was sitting on the bloody jacks. So, um, I hope he helped you put it back on. Nah, he took off, so he oh. took off home the bastard. So, I was there and lucky I had a couple of the boys that are good with their hands and tools, uh, to save my ass. All right, um, I was watching a might have been with Chad or um, or Kempi on, on Bike at the Bar. It was uh, the water prank, and then it was oh, yeah, Matty Moylan dobbed in Roycey Hunt, and yeah, and I Oh, yeah, Maddie. We were talking about something bad actually. As well, and Maddie told me because like, someone got me, and I was like, "Oh, who do like? How did this?" And he's like, "Oh, it was Royce. It was Royce." Just no. Maddie's actually a fucking piss too. He can he can be on his day. Um, and so I went and dunked all of um Royce's stuff at the bottom of the of the ice baths and stuff like that. So he wasn't too happy when he saw. It. He's like, "Oh, what are you getting me for?" And I was just like, "Oh, didn't you do this?" And he's like, "What are you on about?" And Moises sitting in the corner laughing. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, fuck, you're a prick too. Like, so Moises, I pissed them too, I'd say, up there. Yeah, I hope you got him back for it. Um, who's, uh, they, he the funniest as well? Would you say he's the funniest? Yeah, or, uh, they're they're very similar, aren't they? Like, pest and funny, but some, yeah, some yeah, pests yeah. can be annoying. And, and then you've got another guy that's just funny. Like, yeah, I'll put, I'll put Royce under the annoying. Royce is annoying, and then you get Moises, who's annoying as well. So um, sometimes I want to punch both of them as well. But <laughs> the funny one would be um, Braden Trindle. Um, oh, yeah. If no one's met him, fuck, he, he can spin a good yarn and, and have a good laugh with the boys. Um, he's one of a kind. I might try and get him on. Um, yeah, get him on. He's fucking funny. Mate, do you have a, do you have a man crush in, in the team or in the NRL? Uh, my man crush used to be Roger because he's yep. just like got big calves, mad skin, mad step. You know what I mean? Like just silky ass. So, um, yeah, probably Roger. He, he's a good looking bloke. Pretty, um, handy, pretty handy footy player as well, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mate, um, we've got our roasted 100 for the uh, the hottest man in the league at the moment. Who, yeah. who would be your vote now that Roger's out? 
Watch this out. Shit. Um, give you my vote. Probably my, my little mate Walsh, eh? Reese Walsh. Very popular. I he, very popular. I reckon he'd be popular. Or um, Toby might be in there. He just looks like real Aquaman. I, I know some of the ladies dig that. Him, Nico. Um, who else would have? Yeah, I can fucking George Ricky there. He, he's got that. Yeah, he's, he's got that. Door. That smile. The, that smile. Yeah, that cheeky smile that all the ladies love. So, um, yeah, I, I think that'll be my top four, top five. Mate, you're uh, you're stuck in an elevator. Who's the one player you'd hate to be stuck oh. with? Royce. Royce. <laughs> um, yeah, them two. If yeah. I'm stuck with them, that would be annoying. Be I'm finding way to jump off the elevator and climb my way out. Oh, those are the last two people I want to be stuck with. Them two idiots. Mate, who is one teammate that you wouldn't let date your sister? Oh, this is, I think the whole team. <laughs> <laughs> I get the whole team. The only uh, the question should be who would you let? Well, well that, that's a, that's a follow up because it's like to find out like who's the bad guy of the team and who's the good yeah. guy. So well, definitely not Toby. Toby and Nico <laughs> definitely not touching my sister. Um, who else? Oh, the only two blokes or three I'd let touch my sister is Aiden Tolman, gentleman. Dale Finucane, another gentleman, and uh, Cam McInnes. Only three. Only three I'm letting touch my daughter, man. Very nice. It's like, oh, thank you, bro. Every, every dude. Yeah. But some of them are just dirty dudes, like, <laughs> just grab around the, around the thing, let alone, you know, um, how they look after the house. So, uh, nah. No, don't don't come near me and my family. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Nah. Dale and that are all just... They wouldn't hurt a soul, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's funny. Oh, mate, he was mowing um, Damien Cook's lawn the other day. Yeah, see? That's yeah. It. I, I, you won't see me out there mowing no fucking lawns. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to find someone. You can't pay you to mow my lawns, please. Like, I'm as not manly as it comes, man. Like, I look at I look at Dale. We just got flogged that day, too, and Dale was out there mowing the lawn. Oh, so I was like, good on you. He just he didn't need that extra, didn't he? Yeah, Start exactly. Showing everyone up. You should see him, an animal. Mate, um, look. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you uh, jumping on, answering the fans' questions and um, everything from, from last year to this year. Uh, I wish you all the best uh, in 2022 and uh, hopefully we get to catch up again, uh, maybe in real life this time soon. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice to you know, obviously sit down and have a yarn, coffee or something. Mate, thanks again and uh, all the best. Cheers, Ledge.